morning, Lowell High School. It's a beautiful day up here in the fourth floor swimming pool. Something pretty surprising happened in 2021 with parents at a high school called Lowell in San Francisco. It's one of the most prestigious public schools in the city, and its student population is majority Asian. It's a school where Asian American parents could offer their children more opportunity at no extra cost, a feeder school to places like UC Berkeley or Stanford. Historically, all that was needed for entrance was to pass an admissions test, but school board members suggested doing away with the test in favor of a lottery system. They thought this would create more equity among students of color. And Asian parents weren't happy. They felt they had found a path to greater opportunity. And then the rules were changed. So they took a stand and pushed for a recall of some of the San Francisco school board. Lowell was a moment where Asian American parents organized and took the democratic process into their own hands. It became a national story. Because for us, finding where we fit in politics historically has been difficult. Asian Americans don't usually associate with one specific political party. And there's an overwhelming stereotype that Asian Americans just don't speak out. Today, that's changing. And now we need to ask ourselves, who are we as voters? And what happens now that Asian Americans have greater visibility? I'm Sarah Mises-Tan. You're listening to Mid-Pacific, a podcast exploring what it means to be Asian American, this time through the lens of politics and democracy. We'll be right back. San Francisco today holding its first recall election in nearly 40 years. After parents launched a campaign to unseat three school board members, they accuse of failing to help reopen schools. I wanted to start this episode focusing on Lowell High School in San Francisco because it's this very particular example of Asian Americans coming together to recall elected officials. As an Asian American myself, I don't often think of Asian American parents as mobilizing for elections. I could never think of my parents doing this. The whole ethos of my upbringing was actually to keep my head down and just keep on working. Lowell is about 56 percent Asian, and it's known among Asian parents in the city as being an excellent public school that anyone can attend as long as they could pass an admissions exam. And for some Asian American parents, like Sin Wang, this was the ultimate equalizer. Since I was very young, I was acutely aware that for our community, public education is the pathway to upward mobility. And I'm a very strong believer in public education. You know the drill. Asian Americans studied and prepped really hard for this exam, and they soon became the majority at the school. But all wasn't well under the surface at Lowell. There had been a history of racism at the school, one that predated its Asian student majority. The school board felt it needed to do something about this, and their solution was to take away the admissions test. They thought it was keeping out Black and Latino students. But Sin Wang felt that the school board's solution erased Asian American students, and it was pitting Black and Latino students against Asian students for no reason. This is a dynamic we've seen throughout history, unfortunately. API students comprise more than a third of our school district, and they were being overlooked. And as a result of our community finally galvanizing, getting organized and getting involved in the recall, our voices are now being heard and we have meaningful representation on the board. We're not going to get too deep into the specifics of what happened with Lowell High School right now. 
We know it's messy, and we're going to spend a future episode looking at Asian American identity and solidarity with other people of color. But I wanted to bring up Lowell because just the fact that it happened represents a spark for us to talk about who Asian American voters are and how our recognition blends into politics. For a long time, even the idea of the Asian American voter didn't exist. We were invisible in politics. But with small organizing efforts, including this one that happened around Lowell High School, Asian Americans aren't being ignored anymore. In San Francisco, Chinese and Chinese American parents reached out to friends and family on WeChat and campaigned door to door, urging the city's Asian community to support a school board recall. And yeah, in that particular moment, they won. It was uh, really uh, historic in the sense that... That's David Lee, a political science professor at San Francisco State University. Asian Americans were critical in the passage of the recall of all three school board members, which had never happened in modern San Francisco political history before. He studied the demographics of the school board recall election. These elections garner pretty low voter turnout rates. Usually just around a third of city residents will vote in a school board election. But for census tracts that were majority Asian American, the voter turnout was over 40 percent. The recall, school board recall campaign shows that uh, they can be a potent political force, even though they are not aligned by and large with uh, one party or, or another. Before the recall, just one school board member was Asian American. This recall put two more Asian Americans on the board, and the president is also now Asian American. Lee says Asian American voters in San Francisco were often not considered, both due to stereotypes that Asians are meek and that many Asian voters in San Francisco actually do not select a political affiliation on voter forms. And this leads to them being overlooked by local campaigns. But he says the recall election showed the power of this voting bloc if they can coalesce around an issue. I think any politician who is thinking about running for office in San Francisco, any party, uh, including Democratic Party, uh, needs to consider the hopes and desires and wishes of Asian American voters and Asian American community. Asian Americans and Pacific Islander voters have the unique challenge of being a group that doesn't fall firmly into one political party or another. With San Francisco's recall, parents in some ways went up against the Democratic Party. But in Orange County, a historically Republican area is now turning purple because of its growing Asian American community. I spoke with Karthik Ramakrishnan. He's a professor at UC Riverside. He's also the founder of AAPI Data, that's a group that looks at issues as they relate to Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. He proposes that Asian American voters weren't taken seriously. They were ignored. And for years, they were viewed as a political group divided instead of a community united by racial identity. Within the Asian category, you have tremendous diversity. Diversity by religion, diversity by language, diversity by the way people came to the United States. So often you, when you see um, socioeconomic data that present the average finding for Asian, often it masks tremendous diversity and disadvantage, really. 
Yes, he says we need to acknowledge that these voters aren't a monolith. But he also doesn't mean to say that we can't have policy or politicians speak to Asian American voters at large. Even though you see so much diversity within the community, you see a remarkable amount of solidarity when it comes to public opinion on important policy issues. You know, what that what that shows is the powerful role that race plays in America, even as you have these class differences and religious differences and the like. What we've learned in the past is that Asian Americans are able to find political solidarity. Unfortunately, it's often rooted in a shared sense of discrimination and othering. And it's not to say that Asian Americans or Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders experience racism in the same way. They absolutely do not. But they still have this experience of of being the other. So what happens when you lean into your Asian Americanness and run for office? Up next, we'll hear from a politician who did just that. Stick with us. Welcome back. I'm Sarah Mises Tan, and this is Mid Pacific. Sheng Tao was running for mayor of Oakland in 2022. She went on to win. It was a surprise victory that disrupted the establishment. And now she's the first Hmong American woman to hold this position in the city. I got a chance to speak with her before she won about her journey to politics. I So I identify myself as Hmong American. And post-pandemic and the rise of anti-Asian hate, she embraced a campaign that leans into identity politics. I do identify myself as a first generation to have a formal education here in the United States. Uh, I identify also as a daughter of refugees. And so these are all things that I go by. It's, It's really embedded as part of my identity. So it's huge as part of my campaign. But she says that identifying not just as Hmong American, but also as an Asian American politician has been important. In politics, people don't see me as Southeast Asian woman. They don't see me as Hmong American. They see me as Asian American. And it's not so much about how people are labeling me as to how I identify myself, but it's about um, the shared experience of the 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 kind of shared experience that we receive from the outside society, if that makes sense. Sheng tapped into that feeling of uniting Asian Americans around their shared experience of being othered. And she says there's power in just seeing someone who looks like you holding office. My parents' generation, they are barely now just understanding why their voice matter and why their votes matter because they're seeing us getting into office. They're like, wow, this isn't a sham after all, right? Representation on your ethnic background, on your race, it all matters because truly, whether you're young or you're old or what have you, It makes people believe again that, yeah, actually, my voice does matter. My vote does matter. And it's not just Sheng Tao who's been leaning into that political power of being Asian American. Hey, nice to meet you. Alex Lee is one of the youngest legislators in California. He's 27 years old, and he's a Democratic state assembly member representing San Jose. Yeah, so I grew up in Milpitas, a very Asian-American city in a very Asian-American region. In fact, my assembly district is the most Asian-American district in the entire state of California, and my congressional district is the most Asian-American district in the continental United States. Having immigrant parents the way I do, you know, they don't... I think they understand my job more or less, but not all the fully, you know, in-depth as maybe some, you know, white Americans do understand how politics is. So I live at home. My mom had been complaining about how I'm never home. When I am home, I'm always on phone calls. And I think somehow we got into talking about how much I made on my government salary. And you can look at this up. You can Google it. You can see how much I make. 
Um, I'm paid by the state of California. And my mom looked at that and she was like, I sent you to UC for four years and that's how much you make. He sees himself as a progressive Democrat, but also as a bisexual Asian American. And he's also someone who just really knows the people he represents. And I think that's just such a classic, like, immigrant experience, immigrant family experience that grounds me. And, you know, most people in my district either are descendants, like second, third generation descendants or immediate first generation immigrants. And that's the experience of most of my constituents. He says, especially in his district, pinning down who exactly the Asian American voter is can be tricky. This is because on one hand, especially for older generations or newer immigrants, many are actually reluctant to even say their politics are impacted by their race. So I think Asian American voters, broadly speaking, think of themselves as Americans. So they don't think of race first. They think of economics or health care or education first. And yet he adds that with the pandemic and with the anti-Asian attacks, these two events have brought the community together. And a lot of us now do want greater visibility. I don't think you would ever get anyone consci- like to, to vocally say that out loud, that they're like, they voted for me because I'm Chinese and they're Chinese. But I think it's important, right? I think that's when we say representation matters, is if you have a representative that comes from your experience, that matters a lot. And you might not be able to vocalize and say why innately, but I think we know in our hearts. The interesting thing about Alex is he's a progressive Democrat, but that doesn't necessarily matter to even the most conservative Asian Americans in his community. He won his seat, and he attributes part of that victory to the fact that he looked familiar to his community. Their kids knew him. And honestly, Alex Lee is just really the best physical representation of the district he serves, an Asian American with immigrant parents. Um, and I think voters, in a larger sense, understand that having an Asian American voter represent their Asian American interests or their Asian American families is probably for the best. And then they look at the subtle, the, the issues that come next to it, right? It's also, I think, something that is unique about the Asian American experience is, you know, we we have, for the history of Asian Americans, ever since we touched these shores, one or the other, is like that that we were punished for being different, right? I mean, we were, as Chinese Americans, the only ones that are excluded by race in the law. But I think it's that that drive to assimilate to survive and that proximity to whiteness has always been used against us to wedge us against other communities of color. So I think that that experience um, manifests itself differently amongst Asian American families. But I think that largely is why we don't, we think, we like to think that our experience is neutral, but in fact, there is an Asian American coloring lens. Asian Americans have really started to fight for visibility in a lot of ways since the pandemic. And I think that visibility really matters to us, maybe more than we'd like to think. Asian American parents at Lowell were worried about their kids losing an opportunity to go to a great school, and they came together. And we've realized on some level that even if we don't want to talk directly about race, having someone who just looks like us in office really matters. Even the idea of the Asian American voter, it is mid-Pacific. We're between political parties. Alex Lee mentioned that just looking at Asian American representatives in the California legislature, it's almost 50-50 between who's a Democrat and who's a Republican. To me, it seems like we can come together and we don't need political parties to do it. In our next episode, we're gonna look at what it means to realize our identity as Asian Americans and also what that means about our relationships with other people of color. Stick around.
Mid-Pacific is a Cap Radio production, reported and hosted by me, Sarah Mises-Tam. Our producer is Jen Picard. Associate producer is Jaira Deng. Antonio Muniz mixed the sound. We had editing help from Nick Miller and Shane Nuesca. Sally Schilling is our executive producer. Special thanks to Alyssa Jong-Perry. Chris Bruno is in charge of marketing. Our designs were created by Marissa Espiritu. Renee Thompson is our digital products manager. Our theme song is Can't Hold Us Back by Polar Tropica. You can find that on iTunes or Spotify. To make sure you don't miss a single episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, or add us to your podcast feed. Thank you so much for listening to Mid-Pacific. Mid-Pacific.